that they've got it. They're going, whatever it takes, because this significance thing's killing us. And when we get together, they said the last time we were together, somebody or all of us left before it was scheduled to be done just because we were killing each other. The final one's affirmation. Affirmation is just, you count, you matter, good job. That's all it is. Let's wrap this thing up in the next seven or eight or ten minutes. Private side of men's sexuality. We're going to spend a, a, just a bit more time on this after break. But there's a direct tie between your sexuality and these emotional deprivations. Now, give me, give me just a minute. I'm going to expand this in a seminar we're going to do next month. So I just want to talk about it for a minute here. Whenever I talk to any guy, I ask about pornography. So if you and I are going to have a private conversation today, I'll ask you about it. So just know that will be a conversation we have, which means a number of you won't want to talk to me today. I might catch a couple of you tomorrow. Um, Say to guys, tell me the kind of porn that captures your imagination. Not the kind that makes you smile. Not the kind you go, oh, this is cool. Or I like this a little too much. I need to, I need to not do this. Tell me the kind that captures your imagination. I mean, al- almost, almost like a heroin addict. Like, it, 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 just, it makes you shake. Like, I've got to find this. Tell me the kind. Because, said, you tell me the kind that captures your imagination. And almost always, there is a direct, direct parallel between that and the emotional deprivation of your life. I'll give you a couple quick examples. I had a guy walk in my office one time, and he goes, Martin, I'm in trouble. He said, lately, like every woman I look at, I'm staring at her chest. He goes, I've never been a breast man in my life. He goes, I'm just, I'm like staring. He goes, never been a porn guy. Finding myself trying to find it. He goes, what's going on? Talk to me about your life. Just talk to me. It's not counseling, not therapy. This, this is just mentoring. These are the kinds of conversations you have. If a father or a grandfather, respected person in your life's not around, you find some other bloke to talk to. And, uh, So tell me what's going on. So now, I, you know, you, you you may you may remember my I never had much relationship with my my father. My grandfather passed away just a couple months ago, and um, something else had happened. He told me about it. He said my boss just got fired. He said, I don't know what's going to happen in our department. So we, I said, uh, Are those things significant in any way? Because I, I don't know. They just happen. I said, do you, do you know, uh, do you, do you know what breasts, what what, Im, what image that conjures for men? I never thought about it. I said, from antiquity, from as, from as long as there have been men on the planet, they've been fascinated by the female form. I said, artists, you you name it, they've been fascinated with female form for thousands of years. Female form, breasts in particular, represent nurture, quest for intimacy, 
Freud, of course, came along a hundred years ago, had fun with this stuff. Um, I said, look, you, you don't identify it this way, but you're feeling like insecure. Not like I'm feeling really insecure. It's like the security structure of your life being cut out. Your grandfather passed away, raises up all that stuff about never knowing your dad. Your wife's been really sick. Your boss is leaving. You have no idea what's going to happen. You don't know if you'll have a job. Fire him, they can fire you. I said, how long has this thing been going on? He goes, about six weeks. I said, how long ago did your grandfather die? And he said, yeah, seven weeks ago. When did your boss get fired? Yeah, four weeks ago. Okay. I said, you're not necessarily a pervert. Necessarily. <laughs> I said, uh, here's a couple of things. Yeah, don't, 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 don't go buy any of this stuff. And uh, said, uh, I'll, I'll check back with you in the next couple of weeks. Next time we checked, he goes, man, I like, like opened up my whole world. He said, it was like I was craving something. I had no idea what it was. So because I, I've got, seriously, I've got endless examples of this that we're not going to work on today. But guys come up to me all the time and go, okay, look, here, here's mine. What's this say about me? And just for fun, I listen and go, never heard this one before. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of this emotional stuff applies to you. I think you're just a pervert. <laughs> I think that's all this is. Really? No, not really. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe. But I think, yeah, probably you. Look at you. You probably just are. Yeah, that, that's how it is. Yeah, we'll get you some electric shock treatment and a big rubber mallet. Now, <laughs> and that'll take care of you, buddy. You see, it's a... And even in our sexuality, it's about image. Do I still have it? It's about identity. Will somebody love me? It's about intimacy. I want that close connection. So I, come on, don't, if, if, uh, if you're going, oh, I have big lust issues. Uh, maybe you do. Maybe, just maybe. You just love God's creation of the female form. And come on. You enjoy rest of beauty, enjoy women. Just know where that line you step over from. I, uh, I'm enjoying her beauty to, I want to do incredible, terrible, uh, mostly incredible things to her. Yeah. You, you know when you step over that line. If not, have the conversation with some guy you trust. I have guys come up to me all the time, and uh, they think they're overwhelmed with lust. I listen to them for a while, and I go, eh, you can keep that if you want to. I think you just don't know how to have good intimacy in your life and you've never figured out how to actually respect women and enjoy their beauty. You can do that. Yeah, but what if I look too long? You know when you've looked too long. Guys go, what if I make noises? What kind of noises do you make? <laughs> it's usually guttural noises. Oh, yeah. And not, not, not good, especially when somebody can hear you. So the goal is to integrate, even in your sexuality, all those different sides. Let's wrap this up. How do I become a man of integrity? How do I do it? Well, start to really deal honestly with all of your stuff. message I gave here a couple of weeks ago about how to, how to identify those areas of your life that are chipping you up and begin to be a guy who's willing to say yes 
to the good stuff in your life and no to the tough stuff in life. Let me just give you a fun story and understanding born again developmentally. Whenever you fly on a plane, people always ask what you do. And uh, every once in a while, I'll be talking about something. And this has happened to me dozens and dozens of times. But rather than giving you like a, a composite of all of those, I, I want to give you one specific one of these. Had, uh, although it's happened to me numerous times, here's one conversation. A guy said to me one time, um, are you one of those born-again types? And I said, you know, I probably roughly fit under that umbrella but not according to your prejudices and biases. He goes, hmm, you're pretty good here. Said, uh, I said, look, it's a long flight. Can I, can I give you like a 90-second historic overview of why Jesus used the term born again? And every time, whatever I say that, people go, Jesus used the term? I thought that was a 70s term. I said, no, it's actually a 30s term, 30 A.D. And um, look, here's what it is. There was this a Jewish lawyer came to Jesus. And he said, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, you have to be born again. Kind of an odd response, eh? Yeah. He said, let me tell you why I did it. See, this Jewish lawyer, smart guy, physically developed, everything else. But he needed the spirit dimension of his life to come alive. So he talked to him about born again. He said, let's take you, for example. He said, uh, you're physically well-developed. Um, not going to get much bigger, may get a little wider, but you're, uh, you're as big as you're going to get. My sense is you uh, work out. I love to say that to men because every time you say, I sense you work out, guys always tighten up and they quit breathing. <laughs> Their face starts turning around saying, go, go ahead and breathe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got to shake it out here. Shake it out. <laughs> said, okay, you're physically well developed. So is that guy. Um, so you're sort of like the guy who came to Jesus, well developed. Now, what do you call somebody who's uh, not physically well-developed? Handicapped? So exactly. Exactly. Now, I said, let's talk about you again. I said, you are uh, cognitively, mentally well-developed. I said, since you're a university graduate, yep. I said, you seem to be a smart guy, sharp guy, you know what you're doing. I said, uh, so is this guy, Jewish lawyer, sharp guy said, now, what do you call somebody who's um, um, mentally underdeveloped? Handicapped, the old days we called them retarded. Sure. said, but that, that's not your issue. You're, you're a sharp guy. said, my sense is you're emotionally, relationally well-developed, right? Yeah. said, you, you, you married? Yeah. Kids? Yeah. Things are okay at home? Pretty good. See, you, you know how to have relationships. So you are physically and... and uh, and uh, cognitively and emotionally well-developed. Those aren't your issues at all. Now, let's play what if. Everybody plays what if. What if your issue wasn't spiritual? What if your issue wasn't spiritual? Because I said, this guy, you're, you're a lot like this Jewish lawyer guy. And he had all this other development, but he was spiritually underdeveloped. And so Jesus said to him, we've got to have an awakening in your spirit. So let's talk about you. What if your issue wasn't physical development? Uh, I mean, what if it wasn't spiritual? What if it was physical? You, uh, you, you were uh, handicapped. You needed a 
you were in a wheelchair, you couldn't move. And I came to you and said, I got a procedure in one afternoon that's going to clear this up. It'll take care of it. You would want that, wouldn't you? You'd want to walk. You'd want complete mobility, right? Yeah. Say, but that's not your issue. What if your issue was uh, mental? And I came to you and said, I couldn't even talk to you. So I gathered your family and said, look, I got a procedure one afternoon that will make this person's mind completely functional the way you'd hoped it would always be. Your family would want that, wouldn't they? I said, of course it would. What's your issue? I said, stick with me just a couple seconds longer. But that's not your issue. What if your issue was relational, emotional? You were a loser at love. You'd been married five times, children by five women, and they all hated you. And I came to you and said, I got a procedure one afternoon to clear this up. You would want it, wouldn't you? He said, of course I would. What's your point? I said, but that's not your issue either. By your own admission, you are spiritually either handicapped or retarded. Take your pick. And I got a procedure in one afternoon that's going to clear this up for you. You would want that, wouldn't you? Okay, looks at me and he goes, Who else knows about this? He said, I think I'm the only one in the history of the universe who's ever understood this thing. Because he said, I, I've been to church and nobody ever talks like this. And I know. Every time guys say to me, Now, wait a minute. I've thought about God. I've thought about faith. I said, exactly. You've tried to deal with spiritual development in an exclusively cognitive way. This Jewish guy, lawyer guy, had done the same thing. He needed awakening of the spirit. That's why Jesus used that term. If we're going to become men of integrity and incorporate all the parts of our life, we've got to pull these together. The physical, the intellectual, the emotional, the spiritual. And not keep control, but begin to give control over to other people and ultimately to God. To learn to love and to be loved. That's a part of control as well. So that congruence and identity, all those sides of us come together. Madam Integrity, finally with God. This is not about religion. It's not about church. It's that God is the Father you never had or that you always wanted. That when He's in your life, it just gives you understanding that you, you don't know what to do with otherwise. Helps you pull together all those sides so that you can become that kind of man of integrity. Now, gentlemen, that's where I wanted to stop for this morning for this first part. It's break time. You need it. We come back. We're going to make applications to how we do this, what we got and didn't get from fathers, what we want to pass on to the next generation, and how to make that work. So let's take a 15 or 20-minute break. I'll pull us back together, and we'll start on our final session in the morning.